Well, geez, there's been one obvious blight on the game in what should have been a very happy summer for Australian cricket fans everywhere. Yeah, just, just while I remember, um, to those two guys who filled in for us during yeah. our last podcast, thanks, 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 for the, thanks for the effort, but your effort, Ash's prediction was woeful. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, 4-0 England, 3-1 England, Jonathan Trott, player of the series. Yeah, Johnson, yeah. Haddon and Watson to be three very wishy-washy players, not yeah. a good form, yeah. 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 <laughs> Wrong yeah. on all counts, so well, yeah, we're... I think water was in there too, actually, yeah. which makes it even so, worse. So here at the Bloke Pod, we're taking a don't mention the war policy. And that's yeah. not of the Stephen variety. Or Mark. Maybe yeah. Dean, if we get this yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. But um, Nine Orbit... Well, I thought he. I thought you might have started with Huey and Slater, whose fanboy uh, fanboy has gone to a whole new level. Yeah, look, Ian Healy in particular, he's just the worst commentator in the history of sports broadcasting in this country. And the wor- um, the, the best part about it is having David Lloyd in there as a contrast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, we've got the South Africa India series going at the moment as well, um, yeah. which will bring us to a, another rant later on. But um, the South African commentary team. Even with Shastri and Dravid in there, oh, Dravid's not too bad, but even with Shastri in there, we were watching it the other day and we'd been watching it for about four hours. And I turned to the boys I was watching it with and just went, We haven't made a single complaint or had a single issue with the commentary all day. Mm. And that is what commentary should be. It should just be in the background, not noticed, you know, you sort of well, just, mm. it, it's just there as, as part of the, the background I'll to the cricket. I'll admit to at different stages throughout working the sky. Sports yeah, commentary. Oh yeah, we've visual. been syncing up the ABC yeah. Radio with yeah. the, with the video because oh, every year Healy just gets more and more incompetent. The guy can't string a cogent sentence together to save his life. I mean, this is the guy who brought. Sounds a bit like me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least you're not being broadcast to an audience of millions. Well, not yet. Once yeah. the podcast takes off, we might need to do something about that. And I have to make sure but, I don't say things like "suggy uh, cheap." But, uh, yeah. I mean, from the guy who brought you. Well, this target it's defendable, but it's all also chaseable. This summer came the well. Even if you're not scoring runs out there, you can still enjoy the challenge of not scoring. What? What the fuck does that mean? Seriously. So you've got his, I guess, complete and utter incompetence, tailored with um, Slats's Davy Warner man crush, and just well, I was going to say pom pom waving Slats fanboyism. Slater painting the commentary walls white. Oh god. Um, but then to cap it all off, you've got nine orbit. Now last year it was known as nine three six. And it obviously got such a shit reputation under that name. They decided, oh, we'll change the name and everything will be all right. This is the worst fucking innovation in the history of the wild world, wide world of sports uh, coverage. It is just horrendous. I, what does it add? Someone on um, Big Footy commented the other day, got home from work two and a half hours ago and yet to see a fucking replay of the wickets from over the bowler's arm. All they're doing now is adding red lines going everywhere, swinging around at the most inappropriate moments which destroys the spontaneity of the replay showing halos coming down from heaven onto people's heads for some unknown reason, zooming in on the bales when there's a run out I mean, do they really think the bales aren't going to fall off when there's a run out? It is just horrendous. Whoever came up with that thing should be put against the wall and shot in in 3D <laughs> <laughs> the, the view for the yeah, gun man is exactly. a, oh, the blood splatters. Oh, it is just horrible, just horrible 
It adds absolutely nothing. And worse, it actually destroys the... Like, the Alistair Cook dismissal, say. first ball in Perth. The ball of the series. Every time you saw it on 9360, they'd be swinging around as it was happening and you wouldn't even notice that he'd been bowled. It is just terrible. Just terrible. Of I'm all the shit... With, yeah, I'm going to go worse. It's go. not that it adds nothing to it. It's, it, it actually takes... It takes yeah. it away. Oh. It's a, yeah. Whatever happened to the good old days of showing the dismissal, as you say, from behind the bowler's yeah. arm. And in real time, too. A lot yeah. of these, once you do the super slow-mo, it actually takes so much away because it's the speed at which it happens. The speed at which the and ball that, comes rocketing into the stuff. And the thing that I've noticed that they've started to do recently as well, which is equally annoying, is that they're not even showing a full screen. Oh, yes, in the fucking VB scorecard. In standard definition. It's like, now, which pixel is the bat in that? God damn. It's just <laughs> terrible. I mean, as much as Andy Marr at, at uh, Channel 10 covering the Big Bash League is competing for it, Nine Orbit even edges him out as the worst thing to happen to cricket coverage in this country. <laughs> and that is a big call. To outdo Andy Marr in a what's shit in 2013 competition, no mean feat at all. So Channel 9, fucking sort your shit out. Uh, just while I remember, Dan, you made a you or your impersonator. I think it was your impersonator uh, made the comment that tough all this you'd, boy, you'd, you'd pick me over Mitchell Johnson a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. I'd swear on so, Mitch, that's for yeah. sure. I'd get in behind the ball, but of I mean, all the inaccuracies, you're going to pick out my one rather yeah. than any number of yours, which were equally as wrong. Oh, no. I didn't pick Jonathan Trot to be the <laughs> player of the series. Yeah, I, I do really feel yeah. oddly responsible for everything no, I mean, that's well, happened there. Uh, well, look, he's man of the series without even having to play in the fifth test. The only one who's come close is Haddon, yeah. uh, both of whom you thought were pretty wishy-washy. Let's just make that perfectly well, clear. Well, I said that they, in, I Your said, impersonator, I apologise. Uh, I believe my impersonator made the comment that, that those guys were X-factors that didn't always come off, mm, and we more. were trying to build our team around them. But, yeah. yeah. But, oh, look, I mean... I mean, no, it, but... Is, this yeah. is... I, I was thinking on the way over here, this is possibly the most dominant performance in a test series since Mark Taylor in 1989 and that's a big call to make but I'm making oh. it because he's taken 31 or 32 test wickets and an average of 14 that is that is just unheard of in the modern game on batting pitches like Adelaide yeah. to have that sort of record I was going to say you've got a very short memory Michael Clark had a pretty amazing series against oh, India last year yeah but in terms of importance to the yeah. series I mean and yeah, I mean, like he's how certainly, it shaped um, the overall result because, I mean, Ponting and Hussey were making truckloads of runs in that series as well. Um, and I think we would have, you know... Yeah, I, I see your point, but I still think in terms of the way it has just utterly, utterly demolished the opposition... Yeah. I think he's he really set the tone in Brisbane, both with the bat and with the ball, mm. which... I mean, everyone's been saying during this Boxing Day test, it's the first time England have uh, been in front. Uh, hello, first day of the series, Australia batting first, 6 for 132. You don't think England were in front then? Well, there's been a few times where the Aussies have been 5 for not... 5 or 6 for not very mm. many as well, and it's just that Haddon... And, you know, Haddon's role in this series... Oh, Haddon underestimated either. In any other series hadn't it be a, a man of the series lock already as well. Mm. Is that he's made runs whenever we've needed them, yep. which has been a criticism well, that many have had of him in the past. Mm. He's made runs in every innings, yeah. let alone when we've needed them. I think he, he started off with four consecutive scores of more than 50 to begin the series from memory. Um, I could be wrong, but... 
I seem to recall someone making that comment because he definitely made two in Brisbane. Well, he's made. And I think he's made three hundred plus runs in the first four innings of the yeah. test. So in the first innings, he's making runs, which is when you want yeah. people to make runs. Yeah, reference Steve Waugh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what, what can you say? As mm. as as surprising as any result in the history of the game. I would have yeah. Said. Well, I mean, uh, I I made the comment during that spell in Adelaide that he'd been possessed by Wazzy Macram, and I that's what it looked mm, like. I have never seen a spell of bowling like that ball. Mm. Never ever. I mean, he rips them apart in Perth the last time they were over here um, and you know we've seen Shane Warne decimate English batting sides I've, I've seen a lot of pretty decent bowlers you know perhaps perhaps the only one that um, bears comparison is maybe Dale Stane 6 for 8 um, but oh, I, um, I can't I can't think of another oh, um, spell of bowling I'd go like back that. to Kirtley Ambrose bowling oh, 7 for 1 yeah, yeah bowling yep. here which was very similar mm, yes yeah. um, that's the, the best I've seen since then though, but mm. it was just unbelievable yeah, yeah. You know, he was on a hat trick. Twice. Five for twelve in three overs. Yeah. Just, just stop and think about that. In yeah. eighteen balls, he took five wickets. Yeah. It's incredible. It was, and it was just unbelievable. And when you watch. consider that that pitch was pretty, pretty. Oh, that's, yeah, that's at that the Adelaide flat. Oval. Yeah, I mean that's probably the equivalent of taking eleven wickets in an innings at any other pitch in the country. Yeah, um, yeah just staggering. So I don't know what they've done yeah. to, to. I mean, perhaps it's just the maturity that comes with having a wife and a kid now. Yeah. Um, perhaps it was DK talking to him. Perhaps it was, which I actually think is, forget about this line and length, which you've never been able to do. Just mm. run in, bowl fast and hurt people. I think I that's think it's, been the trigger. Yeah, Lehman and Clark just clearing his mind mm. and saying, bowl fast and yeah. hurt somebody, basically. I mean, Ricky Ponting's probably watching this going, fuck, where was this when I needed it? Yeah. <laughs> could have used it at yeah. Lords a few years could, ago, could that's for sure. As, you know, one of the all-time great test captains if yeah. I had this Well, this I think I made the comment that, that Ponting said. In his autobiography. Yeah, that yeah. He said that he'd never never seen somebody so naturally gifted that had a complete and utter lack of confidence. Yeah. And it's you know, he's got the confidence now and I mean he's still he's still, you know, as petulant as ever, he engaging with the Barmy army and waving to them and stuff like that, which is really like waving a red rag at a bull. It's telling them your comments, you know, uh, are firing me up. I I will always prefer someone who sort of is just water off a duck's back. It doesn't get to them at all. Like, well, I, I, given how he's going, I'd be giving it back to the Barmy army because yeah. they sure as hell have been giving it to him. Yeah, but yeah, um, one of the all-time great test series yeah. he's had. And I, I hope, I sincerely hope, he can keep going now for another mm. few years in this vein. I mean, he's already 32, so he's not young by any stretch of the imagination, particularly for fast bowlers. But, I mean, it, it really makes the upcoming series in oh, South yeah. Africa absolutely mouth-watering. I mean, you've got Johnson and Harris versus Stain and Verlander. Yeah. That alone is worth the price of admission right there. Mm. You wouldn't want to be a batsman in this series. No, I can, that's right. Yeah. I, can see, I can see a lot of low scores coming. Yeah, 47 <laughs> yeah. style. But yeah, it makes makes for a very, very interesting series. But yeah, I officially eat my words. Yeah, well, well, that's right. We both will openly sit there and say, yeah, we, we were wrong we and we were happy to yeah. be wrong. Well played, don't know. Now, you've been giving me a wide berth of late. I'm wondering if that has anything to do with a certain Boston Red Sox team winning the World Series. Oh. Look, to be fair, <laughs> the Twins aren't exactly sort of, you know, competing with you at this stage. So, no, it was nothing to do with that. I, I was a bit disappointed. Uh, you know, I thought you might have attempted to grow your own Boston beard in <laughs> in commemoration of that, which doesn't seem to be happening. Well, given so. that they shaved all this off pretty much afterwards, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, that, that was why I was giving you the, you know, the couple of months you probably require to, to grow a beard of that <laughs> that sort of calibre. Oh, if I grew one in, it would be, uh, it would be more along 
along the lines of Jacoby Ellsbury's <laughs> piss poor effort to uh, to get on board. And uh, you know, suffice to say, you know, him going to the Yankees, not very really much for a loss yeah. for the Red Sox because he can't grow a decent beard. So it's sort of the equivalent of that current BWS ad where they say, "Then today you grew a beard." Yeah. So they go, "No, you fucking did. Look at that. <laughs> today you inherited some yeah. bum fluff." Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I like mean, bloody just glued a few pubic hairs uh, to the bottom of the chin. Pathetic. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's an incredible season. No, yeah. Tip to finish last from uh, so many people. Actually, did finish last the previous season and yeah. all the way yeah, through to... Wor- uh, um, from worst to first. It's yeah. pretty good. And yeah. in fact, come to think of it now, I did actually ring you in the immediate yeah. aftermath of them winning it and I think you had a go at me last time I saw you for cutting out the radio coverage <laughs> of the yeah. win because I was calling you. So yeah. I did try to, yeah, share yes. the jubilation. But uh, no, amazing season. Uh, amazing considering the in the in the championship series and the World Series, we couldn't seem to get a hit to save ourselves. And mm. whenever we needed somebody to step up and make a make a critical play, it happened. And it was different people every time. Yeah. Which See, was... I actually thought they were going to win the whole thing quite early on because they just seemed to have. It was a bit like the Eagles of two thousand and six. It just Money seemed to be it. like every time they needed to sort of you know the clutch play mm. or the big moments, people were stepping up. And it was different players every time. I mean, Ortiz was probably the one who did it more often than anyone else but they really yeah. um, I shared mean, the load it was around. Ortiz in the World Series I mean Kochi Uera was massive for us as our closer mm. um, but I mean you know Mike Na- it was Mike Napoli and Victorino in mm. the in the Detroit Series where I thought they'd go out I thought Detroit's pitching would just overpower us but they, and they certainly they certainly did to a point but we were getting rid of their starters in the 5th yeah. and 6th innings which was exposing their bullpen which was, was problematic for them during the year so as a, as a, a guy that sports team for the AL Center, I have to say that was pretty fucking awesome seeing the Tigers get robbed. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that Detroit would have us. Um, so, but um, yeah, we seem to. I gave us a chance against the Cardinals, but yeah, the, mm. the Detroit thing. I think the coolest thing was seeing them winning in Fenway Park, though. Yeah. So you know, first time since 1918 that they actually managed to uh, to clinch it. So mm. for most people, the first time that they ever saw. <laughs> and as I said on yeah. Twitter shortly after that, you're going to let other teams have a go now. <laughs> well, you know, I figure... in the last decade, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, through the yeah, last decade. We had to wait 86 years yeah. for, the, for that to happen, yeah. so... Still, you're but, getting um, a, bit, a bit selfish. Oh, look, it's I... time to step aside. Look, I mean, the, the, the dynasty, will, you'd expect it to come to an end pretty soon. Our pitching arms aren't getting any younger, oh, I was and... going to ask, yeah, how... Big puppies, you know, not exactly uh, spring chicken mm. anymore either, and... How do you think they'll back up next year? Like, are they going to be... They won't catch anyone off guard, I think that was mm. the thing. I mean, the other thing that I that I'll probably neglected to mention is what a tremendous job John Farrell did rebuilding yeah. the culture of the, the I mean, organisation. Coming to do that in yeah. so well, it'd be almost unheard of. I yeah. Thought. So I mean, fact, yeah. I think the Twins were actually the last team to go from bottom to to top. I think which is like ninety one from memory. Yeah. I think they were actually the last team to do it. So there you go. I've got yeah. something out of this. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, well, aging squad. It's hard to say. I mean, we we do have some good prospects coming up. I mean, Xander Bogart looks like he could be absolutely anything. Mm. And the um, problem is other teams will always get themselves up for you next year. That's you? also true. So, always yourself up yeah. to play at the any chance. So, but, um, I mean, the other thing is is that it's the AL East where, yeah, you know, exactly. to survive the AL East, you know, the third best team in the AL East generally would win most of the other yeah. conferences. So, yeah. you know, the competition in there is always going to be pretty hot. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I'm not, ex- I, I wasn't expecting us to win this year, so expecting us to, re- to repeat. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I, I'd love to see it happen but I'm, I'm not expecting it I'm just 
you know, basking in the uh, the effects. The bearded glory. The bearded glory, yes. <laughs> As evidenced by the get beard shirt. And yeah, it is looking moment. pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we should post a picture of that on the website again. It's yeah. Pretty nice. Yeah, we'll get that up on Twitter. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Boston Red Sox, world champions. Jeez, it feels good to say that. Sad day for the bloke pod and a sad day for South African cricket. Mm. The last day of Jack mm. Callis' mm. test mm. career. Mm. Sorry, I'm just doing a bit of boy there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, look, about probably about five years ago at the time, one of my most oft-repeated claims was that Jacques Callis was the single most underrated cricketer in the history of test cricket. Mm. Um, and while over time he has started to now get the sort of respect and recognition he deserves, his numbers are still just staggering yeah. when, when you look at them. Averaging 55 with the bat, 292. Yeah. Two wickets, 200 plus catches. Yeah, and the third highest run scorer of all time. I mean, yeah. a lot of these things, you look at them and you say, well, yeah, that's just due to the fact that a lot more cricket being played these days. But his batting average alone puts him in the, you know, the, the, the echelon of all-time greats. Mm. And when you throw in 292 test wickets alongside that and 200 catches, And I think it's low, say, low 30s average yeah. as well from memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a legitimate claim. And I made the comment the other day that uh, I'd pick him over Tendulkar every day of the week. Oh, absolutely. And this is maybe part of the reason why the Indians felt the urge to maybe chuck in a Patsy series against the West Indies. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, a... Because how dare Tendulkar have to share the limelight, even if it was sharing the limelight with somebody who historically stacks up as well, if not better than well, he does. easily better. I mean, their batting records are comparable mm. and he's got, yeah, nearly 300 test wickets to throw in alongside that as well. Mm. Um, the biggest... One and he'd the... be playing more on pitches that were that wouldn't actually yeah, suit him exactly. as well. exactly. No Indian the... roads yeah. for him. I think one of the biggest criticisms that a lot of people do have of him is that his record against the best team of his era, which is the all-conquering Australian side, is significantly below his his record against other Test nations, whereas Tendulkar had that ability to step it up against the McGraths and the Warns and the best players of his era. Callis didn't quite achieve that to the same extent. And I think particularly in Australia, that's one reason why, until a few years ago anyway, he certainly didn't get that mm. that recognition as legitimately one of the all-time greats. That's what I say, but at the same time, you, you have to take... I'll, 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 I agree, but I'll temper that to a point. I think you made the point, Indian roads, mm. is that if you're playing half your tests against country on conditions that absolutely suit you and don't suit the bowlers, mm. then you should be better. You should yeah. be performing better. Yeah. So it's not it's not a given that that's the case. But, you know, the opportunity to do so is certainly there. Yeah. So, no... But, yeah. I mean, in the... I was still... The other thing that they people always say about Callis is that he didn't make his runs quickly enough but he made some, he made tough runs that's such bullshit seriously yeah. in this day and age I would say it's more important to have a Chris Rogers style player if you will who can yeah. actually graft runs out in tough yeah. conditions in tough conditions because folks who can come out there and whack a runner ball 50 or 100 increasingly they're becoming a dime a dozen now so yeah. I would say having that anchor yeah. in your team is actually far far more important than a guy who can come out and, and blast a quick score oh I don't disagree I'm just saying that mm. that's a that's a, that's a pretty petty um, yeah well that's the thing if, if you get into that yeah. you don't make your runs quick enough you really are clutching yeah, at straws I, I aren't you so. yeah so. I mean I'll always uh, plump for Sobers yeah because everyone who I hear talk about Sobers I mean Bill Laurie they did a like an interview with him in tea break the other day and he was asked who was the best he's seen and he said oh Sobers mm. you know, he didn't even think about it he said he's Sobers you know easily comfortably I'll always uh, plump for him you know with great innings such as the the 254 I think it was 
against the rest of the world, which yeah. Bradman called the best innings he's ever seen. Mm. Um, you know, I, I always think he'll be the the premier all rounder, and I don't I don't think he'll ever be to be topped. No. Um, but Callis is definitely, you know, when you think about other all rounders, the game has seen, you know, like Botham, Hadley, Capel Dev, um, Keith Miller. I'd, I'd have Callis above all of them now. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that made Sobers special was he could bat anywhere one through six, mm. and he, you know, he could open the bowling and he could bowl spin as well. Yeah. So I mean, that's the true. De- and he's a great fielder. So true definition of an all rounder. Yeah. So um, yes, but uh, certainly a great career. Callis managed to do one thing that Tendulkar couldn't. And no, I don't mean yeah. retire three years to it. Three years. <laughs> yeah, three years uh, before he was three years past his best. Yeah, yeah. but he, uh, turned yeah, up in his last. Turned up test. in his last yep. innings, which. Uh, yeah. And we're recording this uh, with the fifth day still to come, so quite evenly poised. Yeah, um, it'd be nice to see him. Uh, well, I know that Stain in particular said he was very keen to win for Callis, and looking how he formed uh, yeah. in the first innings, yeah. Plus, perhaps slightly fired up by the fact that he's not officially number one in the world anymore, which, yeah. which is a big call. Not only that, he's not even number one in his own team at the yeah. moment, but uh, yeah, and yes. uh, yeah, he bowled like a man possessed the other day, that's mm. for sure. But that brings me to a less positive note. Um, the single biggest blight on the game right now, two test series. And the yep. fact that the number two and number one teams in the world are playing off in a series wherein if a team won the first test, they couldn't lose the series, is just utterly pathetic. They need to be stamped out. Well, blame the BCCI. Oh, of course I blame the BCCI. There is no place in test cricket for two test series unless a team such as Bangladesh or Zimbabwe are involved. (laughs) You cannot be playing two top, you know, test cricketing nations. I mean, in this case, the top two in the world in a two test series. It just stinks. It is ridiculous that the two best teams are playing two test series. And they've done it before, too. The last time when they were the top two teams in the world, they had a two test series as well. They uh, in just Indian yeah. running series. Yeah. You didn't hear yeah, I, I said it. Yeah. You heard it here first. And they they need to be eradicated from the game because it's it, as I say, the worst thing that you can possibly have for a series is a team that wins the first test, then can't lose the series. I mean yep. that's ridiculous. And not only that, but you look at this current series where, you know, Rain has ruined a potentially great second test, but in the first, the Saffers came within eight runs or seven or eight runs of pulling off the highest chase in the history of the game, how can you possibly say, oh, two tests is enough, you know, we're satisfied with that. Well, it just also the leaves... point, how can you say that the cricket's boring? I watched oh. most of that last day and it was good. Yeah, and it's just, it's such a massive, massive deflation and a letdown to have a potentially great series like that nipped in the bud after just two tests. Yeah. It, they've got to stamp them out. If you're not going to play three tests, then don't have a test match series. It's that simple. Particularly when you're playing three ODIs at the start of the series. Just have a separate tour for the ODIs. Yeah. And it, and that's a format of the game that's dying off. You know, if any of the three formats of the game right now are under threat, it's yeah. one-day cricket. So yeah. respect the test format. Minimum three tests per series. Yeah. Uh, just a quick snippet here. We've just seen a, a section on Fox Sports News where Matt Balance, I believe it was, was introduced as Manly Hooker. <laughs> that is possibly the best tagline in the history of news sports coverage. <laughs> I like it. It has a slightly different connotation for yeah. rugby league fans and non-rugby league fans. But, yeah. Manly Hooker. <laughs> what more can you say? Get a pop.
pose a question for you. I don't know how much you know about the MLS in the United States, but I did find it very funny. I think it's the Portland team. They're called the Union. There's a team called the Union in the MLS anyway. Whether it's Portland or not, I can't remember. But on the ad for advertising the MLS, they have a commentator getting really, really excited saying, and the Union strike! <laughs> and I'm like, they're posing, have they got off yeah. the field? Or <laughs> have they kicked a goal? Like, what are we talking yeah. about here? Well, I only hear that the uh, Federal Labor Party was wiped out in the <laughs> election. It's <laughs> quite an oddly appropriate comment, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, there you go. So we hope to see you back out there soon, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if it wasn't you kicked a goal, commentator, maybe you know, yeah. choose your words a little bit better. Yeah. Just saying. From the, from the man who bought you a chink in the armour. Yeah. <laughs> Comes US sports headlines. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's an ad on TV that's grinding my gears, and I use mm. that phrase perhaps as appropriately as I could yeah. possibly do so. The Holden ads of late. Now, Holden, after deciding, you know what? We're, we're not wanna, here. We're, we're not <laughs> going to build cars in Australia anymore. Have this <sighs> pompous ad of pompous people saying, we're here. Oh, we're here. We're here. I wish, yeah. We're here. Plus, Collingwood's in it, which makes it worse. Yeah. Oh, we're here. We're here. We're here. I mean, other than the sort of Orwellian <laughs> undertones yeah. to that thing. Oh, my response to this ad is simple. You're not here. You've just announced you're leaving. Yeah. You're not fucking here at all. And any public relations manager worth a pinch of shit would have been able to tell you, now is the time to go to ground. Don't be advertising. Don't do anything. There is a lot of negative public opinion towards Holden right now, and this ad is making it worse. For the record, they're getting pounded in social media, oh, which is hilarious. Absolutely. But, um, but it's, it's I, that it's, simple. It's, You're not here. But I think that the thing is, is that it's incredibly, it's incredibly poor taste that all the employees yeah. have just found out that they're going to lose their jobs. Yeah. To turn around and say things like that. Yeah. I mean, We're not going to employ any of you, but we still expect you to buy our cars. That's yeah. essentially yeah. the crux of what they're saying. Yeah. One of, my, one of my mates actually wrote something funny the other day. He says, oh, I've always made a habit of buying Australian cars, so I guess I'm going to have to buy a Toyota <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> and he said it in such a... It, it was such a... Uh, yeah. Well, I mean... The emoticons were yeah. interesting, to put, yeah. it, to put it bluntly. But, yeah. I mean, the best one I read was just on Twitter, which was a quote, yeah. While we will no longer build cars in Australia, we will continue to build cars for Australia, which was just followed by a fuck off, all in caps. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure if he could have, he would have bolded underline and put it in 72 font as well. <laughs> but no, just dreadful. And coming yeah. off, yeah, like coming in between, you know, nine orbit replays this summer, <laughs> just when you thought, oh, at least I get some sort of, you know, and break it's been, during it's the been commercials. Been, it's getting an absolute hammer oh, on as well. It, that, um, that's the other thing. I mean, if I were a company sponsoring the cricket, then I'd come up with at least three or four different commercials for my company throughout the course of the summer. Because at the moment, we're just getting the same, the absolute same ads. We're for, getting... Like, Bedshed, Holden, Toyota, KFC. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to show the, K- one, but... the KFC ones. Oh, yeah, where, the, where the cricket players uh, quite noticeably refuse to eat any of yeah. the chicken. There's a few where they sort of uh, raise yeah. the chicken up to their mouth. Oh, no, hang on. I'm a professional sportsman. Can't get putting this shit in. Yeah. Read into that what you <laughs> Important will. Important cutaways. Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole, ha- the, the whole fake fun thing that pisses me oh, off yeah. too. Oh, <laughs> this is really this fun. Michael Clark, this little kid just bowled me out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Better you than James Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just dreadful. I was just wondering if the little kid asked him to face up. <laughs> <laughs> face up yeah. for a broken yeah. arm. Face get up get for ready a for a broken, broken fucking arm. 
<laughs> yeah. Go, little kid. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it to him. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, at the moment, it's a toss-up between what's more awful, the Nine Orbit <laughs> in the coverage or these repeated commercials in yeah. Fine lines, fine lines. Maybe we need to get another repeated person, Samuel L. Jackson, to put oh. some... Uh... That's the other one. Thank you. <laughs> That's the other ad. But at least they've got a few different ones. See, they've been Have smarter. Have heard? Heard what? What? <laughs> the way he says it. What? The yeah. way he has the conversation with himself. I mean, it's yeah. Good. But no, I will give them some credit, though, because at least they mix it up a bit. There are a few I different ones. I always love hearing him say rugby at AFL. Yeah. I always want... Like, is this a rugby <laughs> AFL Yeah. <laughs> I always get a good laugh. Hey, Samuel, what does rugby. AFL stand for? <laughs> rugby. <laughs> I always laugh when I hear the Rugby. AFL. <laughs> I, I think he actually thinks the first sport is named rug and the second sport yeah. is BAFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just sponsors, uh, advertisers. Come on, pull the finger out, lift your game. Yeah. Dad wants more Joby Rogers. <laughs> I do, but not in the commercial sense. <laughs> I'm actually going to hijack one of your segments, uh, Miss Jackson. Well, seeing that I've been pretty lax in actually putting anything on tape for it, that's fantasy, probably fair enough. Fantasy coach killers. Now, as you know, I take part in an NBA draft in the AFL off-season. Yep. NBA probably being my most preferred sport of the lot, actually. And let's just say my fantasy team got wiped out in one day. Can you believe it? One day. Now, it probably serves me right for taking a risk on Kobe Bryant and him actually yeah. not playing playing until the middle of the year but that's not the point it was actually before Kobe had his second injury that I got wiped out once and for all Derek Rose coming off of a, an ACL ripping it up in the off in the off season <laughs> ripping it up in the pre-season <laughs> then decided to rip his meniscus <laughs> gone for the year and at the draft everybody had forgotten about him and I picked him with the very last pick and everyone's going oh my god that's the pick of the draft right there it was the it, pick of the draft it, it seemed to be <laughs> yeah until Tormaniscus. Yeah. Then um, Mark Gasol, my starting centre, reigning defensive player of the year. It's a pretty good pick to have. Strained MCL. Still not back. And this was like two months ago. Jeez. Still not back. And then, because um, I had Kobe sitting on the bench waiting for him to come in, I thought I'd better pick a guy who's who's durable, who's known for playing 82 yeah. games no matter what, in a similar position. Just so that I've got some cover yeah. in that area while I'm waiting for Kobe to come back. The Dre, Andre Iguodala. <laughs> That was my choice. You have now renamed him the CJ, I suppose. (laughs) Not quite. Andre went and tore his hammy. So, in one day, I lost three starters. Jeez. Yeah. What picks were they in the draft? Um, Gasol was about my fifth or sixth pick, I think. He'd snuck down. The Dre was a a late-ish pick. All right. Um, So, they weren't your first few picks. No, no, no. I've got LeBron James this year, which is, on its own, allowing me to stay second. (laughs) Despite all these injuries, I'm managing to rally <laughs> and sit second right oh, now. But, so, but, let, let's, but you know, suffice to say... Temper that by saying you are losing marks. So. That's right. <laughs> and suffice to say, I've got no chance of finishing first, quite frankly. So, yeah, fantasy coach killers. Didn't, didn't, didn't space it out over the NBA season. Just went one fell swoop. Yeah, Bang. Bad things do happen in threes. Yeah. There you go. So, thanks for coming. See you later.
thoughts, comments? I, there wasn't as much rage as I would have summoned up for for that sort of decimation of the squad, but yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> You're happy with it. say that. Yeah, it's just yeah, always just a, an down. odd feeling to be sitting on this side of the fence when uh, when you're having a rant about yeah, something you, like this. You should have seen me when I saw a, when I saw the reports <laughs> yeah. that day. ESPN and it's like the top three things of my three players. I'm like, oh, what the... <laughs> the triple G. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your mate was rubbing it in the new time he saw oh, me. The see, that, that would be the worst of me. It doesn't help. Got a few injuries there, GJ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're about to have an injury, Marcus. <laughs> when I punch you in the nose, <laughs> you smug fuck. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway. 